0: Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. In 146 BC, Greece fell to the Roman Republic at the Battle of Corinth. Augustus Octavian... The grandnephew of Julius Caesar became the first emperor of Rome. Then his stepson, Tiberius, took the throne in 14 AD, and Tiberius was the emperor of Rome during the life of Jesus. Two more emperors took the throne after Tiberius, and in 54 AD, Nero took the throne. It is Nero who exiled John the Apostle to the island of Patmos, where he received the revelation of Jesus Christ. In 312 AD, something miraculous happened. Constantine, the emperor of Rome at the time, became a Christian. And he changed the church from being a persecuted church into a state church, which we now know as the Roman Catholic Church. This partnership of political and religious power is what the Bible refers to as Babylon. Yes, there was a real Babylon and a real King Nebuchadnezzar. But there's also a spiritual Babylon, and this Babylon constitutes the kingdoms of the world, which is controlled by the dragon, Satan. Today, we can see the spirit of Babylon even in our country, where the political system has morphed into some kind of quasi-religious system, and the god of this age is the one they worship. Today, we're in chapters 17 and 18, so find your Self In chapter 17 and 18 of the Bible, as we talk about Babylon, chapter 17 speaks of the religious system of Babylon, chapter 18 speaks of the political system of Babylon. So let's start with the religious system. Babylon represents the world's religious system. Religion has existed since the beginning of time. People have always tried really hard to work their way to God. In fact, it was the desire for this that spawned the original Babylon as documented in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 10, we meet an interesting person with an interesting name, Nimrod. He was a mighty warrior, a hunter, a strong, powerful man. He birthed a kingdom called Babel. The people of this kingdom, Babel, forged together to build a what? A tower. They wanted to reach heaven, which is religion. They wanted to make a name for themselves, the Bible says. Now, God did not look with favor on this endeavor. So what did he do? He confused their language, and they couldn't build it, and they scattered all over the world. And then God called a man named Abraham to leave his land, to leave his family, to follow the Lord. And he believed God. And he was credited to him as righteous because of his belief in God. And Abraham has become the father of our faith. And from this point on, as the whole Bible is a story of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world, Babylon. And in Revelation 17 and 18, an awesome thing happens. The kingdom of Babylon will meet its demise. And it begins with the religious Babylon. So turn in your Bible to Revelation 17, and let's go through this. There's a lot of imagery in here. I won't be able to have time to deal with all of it, but let's talk about the important things. Chapter 17, remember last week we talked about the beast, which is the world leader, the Antichrist, and his false prophet, which is the religious leader, and then they're all controlled and given power by the dragon Satan. And chapter 17 begins, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, which are wrath, God's wrath, came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot, or prostitute, who sits on many waters. And that means that it's nations. The harlot is a prostitute, not a real prostitute. The imagery here is one of idolatry, okay? So verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality, that word immorality, porneo, it's a picture of sexual immorality. Those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her, the prostitute's immorality. And he carries me away. So John is carried away by an angel in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman... Sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. Who's that? That's the Antichrist, the beast, the world leader. So we have here the prostitute, which is the religious system, in bed with the political system. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and those are rich. There's a material wealth of this system, and adorned with gold. And precious stones and pearls having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations. So this gold cup is enticing. And every time I read this, sadly, I think of the Statue of Liberty. Dressed up there, holding a gold cup in her hand. I don't know if there's anything there. And then on her forehead, now remember the forehead is meaningful because the mark of the beast happens either on the forehead or on the hand. The sealing of the 144,000 happens on the forehead. There's a comparison going on here. For forehead, a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, and of the abominations of the earth. That's quite a description. Then verse 6, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. There's persecution going on. With the blood of the witnesses of Jesus... When I saw her, I wondered greatly. And the angel said to me, John speaking, why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her. So the beast, the political system, is carrying the religious system. Carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth." Remember, there's a difference between dwelling on the earth and being a dweller of heaven, God's kingdom. Those who dwell on the earth, whose names has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder or marvel when they see this beast, see this person, they will worship him, that he was and is not and will come. Now that's a play on words, right? Because who's Jesus? The one who was and is and is to come, this one is was and is not to come. He's an antichrist. He's a false Christ who Jesus warned us of. Here in the mind which was wisdom, the seven heads and seven mountains on which the woman sits. Many people think this refers to Rome because Rome is known as the city that's built on seven hills. There are seven kings, five have fallen. What he's seeing, obviously, the seven Emperors up till Nero, where and John is being on the island, and then it says five have fallen. So five of those emperors had died, but one is yet to come. So if you look at that as a preterist view, which means that it happened historically, you might say this could be Constantine, it could be another emperor, or if you look at it futuristic, it could be pointing to the Antichrist. I believe that's what's happening here the one to come. And when he comes, he will remain a little while. The beast, which was and is not, is himself also an eighth emperor to come and is one of the seven and he goes to destruction. So what that means is this person will have the same and more power than Rome's emperors. And it's given to him by the dragon, the devil. The ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for an hour. That's talking about a ten-king alliance. And these have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. So what this is, is a ten-nation alliance. I found an article, 2018, a Politico article. In the article, it said, French President Macron will bring together a 10-nation coalition to prepare European armed forces to take action in emergencies. Could that be the 10 kings that come alongside whoever this leader is today? And by the way, to add on to that, the Pope just came out and is supporting and promoting Joe Biden's slogan, Build Back Better. We have the religious establishment with the political establishment. Is that ironic? I don't know. Now let's continue in verse 14. These, this nation, this alliance, will wage war against the Lamb, Jesus. And the Lamb will overcome them, obviously, because Jesus, even when he's taking a nap, is way more powerful than anybody else. Because he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him, are you with him? Are the called the chosen and the faithful. And he said to me, John, the waters which you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So again, the seas, the waters represent nations. And the ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot. So it's interesting. They're in bed together for a time. And when the political system is finished with the religious system, they get rid of it will hate the harlot, will make her desolate and naked, and eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts. See, God is totally in control of all this. To execute whose purpose? His purpose by having a common purpose. Same with when God dealt with Babel and scattered them. That was his purpose. And by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The woman whom you saw is the great city, many believe that's Rome, which reigns over the kings of the earth. I don't think it's ironic that we're seeing this happen in our world today. Now, I can't sit here today and say that what's going on between the religious establishment and the political establishment is fulfilling this, but you can't avoid seeing the comparison and the Spirit speaking to our hearts. So that's the first thing. Babylon represents a religious system, but Babylon also represents the world's political system. And it's interesting to me that 17 comes before 18, because God deals with the religious Babylon first. Both are offensive to him, but when one claims to speak for God, but only speaks for themselves and the beast, that's detestable. It's an abomination to the Lord. So chapter eighteen continues with God's judgment on Babylon. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory, and he carried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and just gross unclean, dirty things, and it's a picture of what Isaiah and Jeremiah wrote about Babylon. For all the nations, the unbelievers, the people who are of the sea, of this world, of the waters, they have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality. The kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with this nation, this political system, and the merchants of the earth have become rich because of her sensuality. They bought in. They drank of the cup. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive her place. God doesn't want you to be participating, koinonia, with the world. He wants you to preach the gospel to the world. He doesn't want you to participate In the world's abominations. And he doesn't want you to promote the world's abominations. He wants you to speak against the kingdom of this world. Church, wake up. Okay, when you see these things happening in our political system, it's gross. It's not of God. That's not to say everyone in politics is against God. But the system itself is anti Christ for her sins have piled up as high as heaven. And God, this is one of the most important things in this whole thing I'll say today that God says, God has remembered her sins. See, those who dwell on the earth, who support and promote and participate in the kingdom of this world, God remembers their sins. But if you are in Christ and you participate, in Christ and the body of Christ and you're a believer in Christ, guess what? God does not remember your sins. For her sins have piled up. Pay her back, even as she has paid, and give her double the retribution according to her sins. Verse 7, to the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree, give her torment and mourning, for she says in her heart, and he's speaking of Babylon, particularly the political system, I sit as a queen, and I'm not a widow, and will never see mourning. Pride comes before a fall, ladies and gentlemen. And the pride that you see, the blasphemy, the mocking of God and his people, God will take vengeance. For this reason, in one day, Short time, her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she'll be burnt up with fire for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Thank the Lord that he is strong. Imagine how John felt. He was isolated and persecuted. He had no friends, no family, no church. And on a Sunday, on the Lord's Day, God shows up and blesses him with the greatest worship service ever recorded in the history of mankind. And here's the overarching message to John and to us. In the end, God wins. Now, let's go quickly through this last part of chapter 18. I'm not going to hit on every verse. Verse 9. And the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and mourn over her when they see the smoke of her burning and again when i read this i think of the picture of 9 11 and i'm not saying this is what it's referring to but you can't help but see new york which is the center of wealth burning standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment saying whoa the great city of babylon that strong city for in one hour in a quick time Your judgment has come and the merchants of the earth weep because no one's buying their stuff anymore. Materialism is not what they tell you it is. Materialism, it all gets burnt up. You don't take anything with you. And one day God's going to judge this political kingdom and the people who drank of the cup They will drink of the cup of the wrath of God. That's why Jesus said, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus drank of the cup of God's wrath so that those who believe in him will drink of the cup of God's life. But if you don't drink of the cup of God's life, you're going to be drinking what the nations are going to be drinking and then i'm going to jump to verse 20 verse 20 says rejoice over her O heaven and you saints and apostles and prophets because god has pronounced judgment for whom you god stands up for you god stands up for the persecuted church god stands up for his people shouldn't we stand up for him Then a strong angel took a stone, like a millstone, and threw it into the sea. And the Babylon, the great city, was thrown in violence and won't be found any longer. And the sounds of harps and musicians, all the stuff. I love music. When I read this, I think of the Titanic. They're still playing, and they're sinking. The flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. You were deceived. By their sorcery, and in her is found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, the next chapter is when Jesus arrives. Here's the point there can't be two kingdoms that exist forever. I mean, God will allow this to happen for a time, but in order for God's kingdom to come to earth, Satan's kingdom, Babylon, needs to be destroyed. One day, the scales will be balanced. All wrongs will become right. And God will take vengeance against those who harmed his kids. And here's what you want to know. Wait till daddy gets home. Last, both Babylon's will be destroyed in order for God's kingdom to reign. This is one of the greatest verses in the Bible, Revelation eleven fifteen. Read it with me then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. Right? Hallelujah. When Handel, George F. Handel, read this, he wrote one of the most incredible choral pieces in the history of the world. The Messiah and Hallelujah Chorus is how it ends. From Genesis Revelation, the battle of these two kingdoms have continued. Satan gained power for a while when Adam and Eve handed him over the keys to the kingdom. But at the appropriate time, God sent his son into the world to save us. But one day he will come to judge the world. The kingdom of the light has overcome the kingdom of darkness. We have been transferred from Satan's kingdom, Babylon, to God's kingdom. And we are not of this world. We will experience persecution because Jesus said, they'll hate you because they hated me first. I can't think of a better reason to be hated. The dragon, he wants to kill anything that is good. He wants to kill anything that is God's. Because here's the thing. Babylon doesn't give up easy, ladies and gentlemen. You can see it happening right now in our country. We see the battle ensuing. We see the battle escalating. It's a spiritual battle. Get on your knees and pray for our country. Get on your knees and pray for God's church. This is not the time to give up. I heard somebody on a YouTube video the other day prophesying And he said that what Satan meant to shut the mouth of the church and what he did, he's making us keep going. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to see the chaff and the wheat separated like never before because we are the kingdom of light. And when things come in the light, the darkness is exposed. The people of Babylon will fight hard, as it says in Revelation 17, these the kingdom, the Babylon, will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them because He is the Lord of lords, the King of kings, and those who are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. We win. So that's why we can't shrink in fear. We need to rise in faith. What's the biggest takeaway? Seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus, He told us this. Seek first the kingdom of God. I have preached this message series and we have a couple more sermons to hopefully reveal to you god's end time plan and again i say thank god he has a plan but do you know it it's this seek first the kingdom of god and everything else falls into place you have a choice you can worship the beast and you can worship babylon and die Or you can worship God, and you can worship the Lord Jesus Christ, and live. Seek first the earthly kingdom, you lose your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, you gain eternity. Babylon's putting up a fight, but God has won. Babylon is defeated. Come out of her, my people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder, the important reminder and the warning and the admonition to come out of her, to not participate in the things of the world, to speak against the blasphemy, to speak against the darkness, to speak against the evil, and to rise up in faith and believe that you, God, are about to do something so incredible that we wouldn't even believe it if you told us. That's what I believe. It's going to blow our minds. Out of this time, the church is going to explode in growth, and there's going to be a huge, huge harvest that we get to be a part of. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In your name, amen. Pastor David Bardowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be his voice. In this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.